You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Hello and welcome to the Black Catholic Initiative radio show here for the Archdiocese Chicago, where we talk about issues and events taking place in the Black Catholic community here in the Archdiocese Chicago. My name is Father Michael Trail, and I'm honored to host this podcast, and I'm also honored to serve as uh, the pastor of St. Thomas the Apostle Catholic Church and School in the historical Hyde Park neighborhood of Chicago. You can find this podcast uh, anywhere that you find your podcasts. Um, we are available on YouTube under Catholic Chicago, and we are also available on WNDZ 750 AM. In the month of November, we celebrate Black Catholic History Month, month where we celebrate our culture and our faith as Black Catholics, um, and what a great gift it is for us to be uh, intentional about this time where we celebrate, the, our, our, as I say, our culture and our faith. And joining me here on the program today is uh, one of the people who work for the Archdiocese of Chicago, uh, Shannon Schmidt, who is the Parish Vitality Coordinator for my vicariate, the greatest vicariate in the Archdiocese of Chicago, Vicariate 6. Uh, welcome, Thanks. Shannon. Thanks. It's great to be here, Father Michael. You know, <laughs> I, I agree. Uh, That's <laughs> very often we find ourselves, Shannon, uh, not face-to-face. We find ourselves on the phone and we find ourselves like this over over. Uh, over uh, Zoom and things like that. So it is nice to see you, uh, albeit over Zoom. So. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Even though our offices are like 10 minutes apart from each other. <laughs> Literally. And I often come by you for lunch. So. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> um, well, good. Well, again, like I say, it's nice to connect with you. Um, Shannon, as I mentioned uh, at the very beginning, the month of November is Black Catholic History Month, and it's also it's an opportunity for us to celebrate um, our 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 heritage and also our faith. Uh, I'd love to hear from your perspective uh, of what Black Black Catholic History Month means to you, some of the highlights, uh, some of the, some of the themes that are really important to you as a Black Catholic, uh, and also too in your role um, as the Parish Vitality Coordinator for the Archdiocese. Absolutely. So from a personal note, um, you know, I'm a a biracial woman uh, who has grown up with a black dad and a white mom. Um, My mom is Irish and German. And so like growing up in the in the Chicagoland area, I was blessed to have all of my ethnic identities like represented in churches. And as we all know, Chicago is a place where Black Catholic history has really taken root and it's a very important center of Black Catholic history. But growing up, I didn't really realize that. I just knew that like I could go with my dad to his parish where he grew up and see Black folks who were Catholic and Mm -hmm. that was normal. Uh, And I could go with my mom to her parish where she grew up and see Irish folks who, you know, who did their Irish thing and that was normal. Um, And so personally for me, it's been a real gift to be here um, because it's a place where I got to understand that um, 
not only were there Black Catholics, but I got to be in a place where Black Catholics were uh, in a majority in a parish, um, and also to understand that history for myself, um, whether it was because family came here from the Great Migration or they were here uh, longer than that, or, um, you know, it was all told to me by my grandparents and my aunts and uncles, and uh, I got to know it very well. Uh, but as I grew older, especially when I went to college I, for my undergraduate degree, I was lucky enough to study theology uh, and then eventually got a graduate degree in ministry. Um, but I, as I went out and studied more about Catholicism and Catholic history, I began to realize that our story actually isn't told very often mm -hmm. as Black Catholics, Black mm -hmm. American Catholics, and even in the wider church, if we're just talking about African Catholic history and right. African diaspora. Right. Um, and uh, as I as I learned more and grew more, I realized how important it was to continue to tell those stories and to tell them for ourselves. Uh, you know, one of the things I, I think about all the time when we just think about like what stories are told is if you think about St. Augustine of Hippo, mm -hmm. who is, a you know, the doctor of the church, if not, right? <laughs> Probably, you know, <laughs> right. throw quite the doctor of the doctors, yeah. St. Right? Like Gregory the Great. Right. But right, he he was a North African man. His mom was a Berber and likely pretty dark skinned. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but if we look at many of the ways that he's depicted in our history, he's sort of depicted as this white European man. Right. Um, and it's like, I didn't even know that. I mean, like, I knew in my head that he was from North Africa, but right, like, we forget that, like, the Africa and and Black expressions of Christianity are not only original to the church to the time of Jesus, but actually that we have um, given the church some of its most important saints and scholars. Yeah. So I think that's important as well. Um, and also, too, if we think about the wider ways in which African-American history is told in our country, because Black Catholics are such a small portion of the Black population, um, and even a smaller portion of the Catholic population, our stories, which are actually central to American history, are not told or overlooked oftentimes, right. which is why I think, you know, we have Black Catholic History Month in November uh, in the same way that we have Black History Month in February, because uh, we we need specific attention that's given to us and our history. Um, one example of this uh, is if we all remember the Plessy versus Ferguson case, which uh, decided that uh, in the 1850s, which decided that uh, facilities could be separate but equal. Right. Of course, we know that that's not true right. and that that got overturned eventually. Right. Um, but that case, which got all the way up to the Supreme Court, uh, was argued, it started at St. Augustine Parish in uh, the Treme neighborhood in um excuse me, in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was Black Catholics who funded and argued that case all the way up to the Supreme Court. And so uh, it's a, a key moment in American history that is Black Catholic history that we don't hear about. Uh, a, a place like Fort Mose in, um, in St. Augustine, Florida, which was the first free settlement of black people was a catholic settlement right like these right. are really important things right. in our history that if we don't know the catholic roots and we don't identify them uh it loses its flavor right uh 
Plessy Vergus Ferguson was an outgrowth of the faith and hope of Black Catholics right. that God could even do something different. And right. so, um, you know, it's all important. And that's why I get excited about it. As you can see, I've talked for like 10 minutes. Just no, hey, I'm, I'm all about it. I think that's awesome. Just because um, I, I, I appreciate the, you know, the intentionality around it, right? Because because for you and me, you know, we we are our authentic selves, three sixty five, right? No matter what day of the week it is, no matter what month of the year it is, um, but it's really cool to have a, a time and a space to really be intentional to share. Here's how God was working in the Black Catholic community, and to share that over and over and over again, and to be able to to share it year after year, and to to share it with a larger community because. I think for people like you and me, it's it's baked into our bones, right? It's baked in through through our own theological study. It's baked into our culture. It's baked into our identity, right? But to be able to to have some specific time carved out throughout the year to share it with others, as you mentioned, who may not be familiar or attuned to our story, or may not be attuned to um, our our own struggles and the overcoming of those struggles, um, we can really share a really powerful. A really powerful story, and if we're kind of keeping a church here, a really powerful testimony, you know, of what God is, what God has done in spite of everything else. Amen. Yeah. Um, you know, so I one other one other aspect, uh, one of the things we're doing at St. Thomas is we're we're throughout the month of November we're highlighting um, the different uh, uh, candidates for sainthood in the Black Catholic community. Um, and I think it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity. Um, at my at my school um, at St. Thomas, um, we have these huge posters along the main hallway, which is like the the, the drag of the school. Everyone's got to go past past these posters, and it's cool to see the kids stop and just like they see them. And I've seen a couple of kids like put you know put put their put their hand up to them like oh like we're the same shade and all this like it's the, it's it's a fun way to kind of make these make these connections, you know, to say, like, there's somebody uh, that looks like me that is on the way to sainthood. You know, there's somebody that, that that's, that, as we've been sharing the story with them about these uh, candidates to, to, to sainthood, um, it's like, oh, that, their story sounds really cool, you know, or, um, you know, you know, they love Augustus Holden because he's from Chicago, right? You know, they, they, because my kids are proud to be from Chicago, so they love making those kind of connections and things like that, so... Um, who's your, uh, I guess I guess ask, who's your favorite, uh, I mean, they're all great, but who's your favorite one on the path to sainthood? Oh, I love them all. I'm, I kind of have a, a mutual love for both, uh, Sister Thea Bowman as, mm. as just a black woman of the 20th and 21st century. Right. Um, and then also Father, Father Tolton, right? Uh, I think everyone from Chicago, uh, <laughs> has a connection to him, right? Right. And, one of the things that's beautiful to me is uh, my office is in the Cardinal Meyer Center in, in Bronzeville. Mm -hmm. And so I can literally walk to places where he lived and walked and worked. Um, you know, he, um, the place where he collapsed and, and the hospital where he was taken is, right. is literally steps away from our building. And so, and especially as someone who lives and works and ministers in the same community that he ministered in. Uh, I, feel, I definitely feel a deep connection to him uh, and to just continuing the work that he started here so many years ago, right? All of us who work for the Archdiocese in some fashion and who work on the South Side continue on that legacy that he started, that he planted this church, as we would refer to it now, right? <laughs> right, uh, right. And, uh at St. Monica's and, and eventually St. which is now the St. Elizabeth site. Right, um, right. 
and uh that he he truly is our patron right the, mm-hmm. that um you know as a catholic as a person who loves the communion of saints and especially this time of year in november when we're thinking about the communion of saints in particular yeah um i i i truly believe that his intercession is so strong for us and for our community here in the archdiocese and um and if there's anyone who wants us to succeed, <laughs> it's the saints, right? Absolutely, like they, right. <laughs> they are they are the most on our side, uh, yeah. outside of you know the Trinity itself. <laughs> so, um, and it, it gives me hope and trust, right? That that um, not only do we have these powerful intercessors, but there are people. Um, in the communion of saints who have experienced those same things that we have like you said about your kids who look like me yeah. who talked like me who who understood my culture um right. and um and that's one of the reasons i think sister thea is so very appealing to me too right mm. i remember being a kid in the 90s and all of these institutions that i now benefit from uh as a as a black catholic uh were in many ways shaped and influenced by her right uh, like the institute for black catholic studies down at uh xavier in louisiana right um the national black catholic congress where you and i just both attended right. this past uh july um you know, there are still people, they are still people that we know who knew her um, mm-hmm. and ministered with her. And uh, and even our own ministry in many ways is a testament to her holiness, her perseverance, her willingness to um, bring her culture and her joy and her love for the Lord to the Catholic Church. Um, and, and that's what we're all supposed to do, right? If we could all live like that. Uh, if we could all live with that uh, joy and integrity and wholeness, then my goodness, the world would be such a better place. <laughs> Absolutely. It'd be everything we would want it to be. You know, um, Shannon, we are going to take a quick break um, to hear about all the great things that are taking place in the Archdiocese of Chicago. And we're going to come back and continue our conversation. Catholic Charities Family Self-Sufficiency Program has assisted thousands of single parents who are working to become more self-sufficient through education and employment opportunities. Our experienced case managers accompany participants for up to five years on their journey to identify, address, and break down barriers to improving their quality of life and achieving meaningful goals for themselves and for their families. Professional, compassionate assistance is offered in a safe and trusting environment as participants develop the skills needed to become financially stable and able to support themselves. Every achievement starts with a decision to try. To learn more about Catholic Charities Family Self-Sufficiency Program, call 847 
782-4233 or visit catholiccharities.net. say how can you spend your day with three-year-olds seeing the changes that they go through and just the journey and how they grow this is a very rewarding job even though at the end of the day we're not the highest paid people on earth and when I have a parent contact me and say my child loves school that to me I'm setting that foundation for their love of learning because really you are changing lives you are molding lives shape the next generation of leaders teach Apply today at artchicago.org slash schooljobs. For more than 20 years, Catholic Charities Adult Protective Services has been advocating for seniors who are the victims of abuse, neglect, confinement, or financial exploitation. With our partners at local, city, and state agencies, our trained case managers follow through on every concern that is brought to our attention in a cooperative way to ensure that our seniors are safe and protected. According to the Illinois Department on Aging, last year nearly 21,000 cases of elder abuse were reported in Illinois. Of these, only 5% were reported by seniors themselves. So raising awareness is an important part of this issue. If you are concerned about a senior you know, call 800-252-8966. That's 800-252-8966. With your help, we can stop elder abuse and look out for the seniors in our lives. Welcome back to the Black Catholic Initiative radio show. Um, earlier we were having a conversation with um, Shannon Schmidt, who's the Parish Vitality Coordinator for Vicariate 6. And we're talking a little bit about Black, Black Catholic History Month in general and some of the things that we just we love about Black Catholic History Month. Uh, we ended our conversation just before the break uh, talking about um, some of our uh, some of our favorite candidates on the road to sainthood. We shared a little bit about Augustus Tolton and uh, Shannon, as we were finishing up before the break, you were talking about um, Sister Thea Bowman. Um, before we transition a little bit, I want to share one thing. You know, throughout the year, you know, people do these certain things, right? Like around, I'll say this for Halloween, like I always watch uh, The Great Pumpkin, right? You know, we just do these things, you know. For Black Catholic History Month, every single November, hands down, I always go and YouTube uh, the speech that Sister Thea Bowman gave uh, to the Black Catholic bishops <laughs> in 1989. If you have not seen it, hands down, the best thing you will ever listen to, um, it is it is up there with the gospel. It is really beautiful. <laughs> Amen. <Yeah. laughs> so uh, I want to transition a little bit, a bit uh, Shannon. Um, so as you mentioned earlier, you and I were at uh, the National Black Catholic Congress uh, earlier this summer in July uh, in Washington, D.C., and in, 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 in the D.C. area. Um, we had some great conversations around so many different things. Uh, and one of the things that 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 came up as a piece of it in the midst of everything else is 
uh, we're getting ready. To, well, we, we are celebrating the 40th anniversary of what we have seen and heard. Um, just really one of the uh, a seminal texts for, for black Catholics uh, here. Uh, share a little bit about it. Share a little bit about what you know, what you love about it. Um, let's have a conversation around it. Absolutely. So what we have seen and heard was the first uh, pastoral letter written by the U.S. Black Catholic bishops in uh, 1984, I believe. So, yeah, uh, yeah 2024, here we are. Yeah. I can do math, everyone. I know you're very <laughs> proud of me. Um, and so, uh, and it was, uh, there were, I believe, eight Black bishops at the time. It was the first time that there were any uh, Native-born Black bishops in the country, so it was. It, um, and as the letter itself says, it, it's that the cat, the Black Catholic Church in America had come of age, right? And so, mm -hmm. here the bishops were writing not only to the wider church, but particularly to Black Catholics. Uh, and if we think about, you know, sort of the the reality of American history at that time, it's you know, twenty years after the Civil Rights Movement, and um, and a lot of um, opening of doors for Black Americans. And the Black Catholic Church in particular was in a time of institution building from the 60s to the 80s. And right. so uh, things like the National Black Catholic Congress were revived and all those um, many things that we think of as the Black Catholic experience now uh, were really being formed. And the bishops wrote this letter uh, on evangelization in particular, evangelization in the Black community. Uh, and they talk uh, about many different things, but in particular, uh, what really sticks out to me is they talk about how our culture um, is steeped in the gospel and how uh, that is an outpouring um, of not only our faith, but, but also how we can evangelize each other. And they also talk about the connections between the gospel and social issues, mm -hmm. that those are are equally important for evangelization. And really, they charge us as Black Catholics with going out and sharing the good news, right? What, what we have seen and heard comes from scripture, right? What right. we have seen with our own eyes and heard with our own ears. That's from uh, First John, I, if I remember mm -hmm. correctly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm Catholic. I don't know. You, you can, you can right? do no, math and you know your Bible. Look at you. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, uh, um, and so right, their invitation to us is to say like, this joy and hope that we have in the Lord, we have to share with others. And so let us go and share the good news with our brothers and sisters uh, in a way that is, uh, and I love this line, right? That we've heard with African hearts, yeah. or heard with African ears and, and uh, received with African hearts. Mm. And that our um, expression of that is good and holy and of God. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it's hard to believe it's been 40 years. Uh, it's still very relevant. Very much. Some, sometimes it feels it feels like it was written yesterday. That's how relevant it yeah, feels exactly. some days. Yeah, especially with everything that's been going on in the world, you know, and, and in our community as well, you know, and um, there's a real wisdom that comes out of it. There's a timeless wisdom that, that comes from it. And, um, you know, it's, it's beautiful to see that uh, even – it's beautiful, but also sad in some senses that 40 years later, it's still relevant, you know, that, that, that the things that were laid out and what we have seen and heard are still very much needed, still need to be addressed. Um, and there have been so many people in the 40 years and even throughout, you know, our modern history, as you mentioned, you know, from the 60s onwards, where, where so many of our sisters and brothers and friends of God have done this incredible work that has been seen and unseen to really build mm -hmm. up the, the Black Catholic community, particularly in the United States, certainly. But, um, but it's incredible that we still have a long way to go, a long way to mm -hmm. go. Um, 
And I think it ties in nicely too with what we're doing as a whole archdiocese with this mission of renewal. Yeah. Um, you know, starting of course with structural renewal, but now really moving into spiritual renewal uh, and and reminding ourselves that like the mission of the church is in fact to evangelize, right? Mm -hmm. It's to go and make disciples. It's not simply to um, support each other as brothers and sisters in Christ and and have beautiful liturgies, but right, those are meant to feed us to go out to both share the hope that we have in Christ with others and also to transform the world around us, right? Yep. If we, if you read Lumen Gentium, which is from the Second Vatican Council, it's a, the um, pastoral constitution on the church. So mm -hmm. what is the church supposed to be? And like, what are we supposed to be? They talk about this, right? As, as lay folks, mm -hmm. uh, or at least me as a lay folk, you're different as, as a clergyman, <laughs> but uh, right as, as laity, which most of us are, mm -hmm. our call is to build the kingdom of God here on earth, right? It, our clergy can't do that because they are here to be our pastors, mm -hmm. to be our shepherds, to help us uh, sacramental ministers and as, as teachers and um, spiritual support. Mm -hmm. And so we're the ones who are in the world, right? In our jobs, whether we are, uh, you know, working in retail or right. uh, at the highest levels of power, right? <laughs> Whatever, wherever we are, we're the ones who are out there in the world uh, living out our lives. And so it is our job to transform the world to be more like the kingdom of God. And that includes sharing our faith and witnessing to other people. And that's really what we're trying to do uh, with this spiritual renewal that we're doing as an archdiocese. No, definitely. I, I actually, I preach about that all the time. I say, you know, I always share with my, my parishioners, like as a priest, my, in, my level of influence is so small, but what you all can do as the laity is far more than I could ever accomplish. And just the fact, you know, that, 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 that we live out this gospel message in the dailiness of your life, you know, um, no matter what that looks like, it's, it's, that's where the real impact happens. And particularly for us as black Catholics, right? You know, not only do we bring the gospel, but we bring our culture as well. You know, as we, yeah. as we, the language that we use all the time is to be uh, authentically uh, black, authentically black and truly Catholic. So to, to bring those two things together in every single aspect and facet of not only the life of the church, right, but also to every single aspect and facet of our life, um, no matter where where life will take us, as you mentioned. Um, those are the those are the really beautiful moments when when that gets lived out and expressed. Absolutely, yeah, and it's done in our own context, right? It's uh, that's that's why when we talk about all the stuff we're talking about parish renewal, because it's not about um, you know building up the organization of the archdiocese, even though it's wonderful and great. Like we all like working for the archdiocese, but right, uh, right it, it's meant. Uh, we have this this idea in in Catholicism and Catholic teaching of subsidiarity, right. right? That that the we try to solve problems and do things at the most local level possible. And so, where does the church meet the world? It's at the parish. Mm -hmm. And so, um, what you were saying, right, about our our influence as lay people is that. Uh, is that idea, right, that that we are the ones who live in our communities, who know our neighbors, and who can preach the love of God in a very specific way that no one else can, and it can be heard in a way that no one else can preach it. And especially as Black Catholics, um, we have both the wisdom of our church and the wisdom of our culture, our history, uh, lived in right, the experience of many of us of being the descendant of enslaved people, right. or perhaps the descendant of immigrants, um, that speaks to our world and our culture in a way in this particular time that no one else can. And yeah. so I think that we have a real gift to bring to the church at this time. 
that's why I'm glad I'm glad we're having this conversation and it shows really the beauty of Black Catholic History Month and all the things that, that can happen in this month. Shannon, we are getting ready to wrap up our time, but firstly, uh, this program is coming out the week of Thanksgiving. And so on behalf of all of us here for the BCI and the Archdiocese, I want to wish everybody a very happy and blessed Thanksgiving. But I want to ask you, because it's my show and I guess I can ask what I want, what's your favorite Thanksgiving dish? Oh, oh gosh, it's hard. Uh, I mean, it's probably mac and cheese, but I... Uh, I also love cranberry sauce, but like, I like the gloopy cranberry sauce. <laughs> <out of the candy. laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, when you kind of got to cut up with this. Too, <laughs> yeah, yeah. De- definitely. <laughs> I'm a big fan of, uh, green bean casserole myself. Uh, something, mm, something yes. that I grew up with and just like, I don't eat green beans any other time of the year, but I will tear a whole a plate of it off so just we all <laughs> got a we all got a thing right so exactly hey shannon thank you so much um and thanks so much for all your ministry may god bless you and may god bless the black catholic community here in the archdiocese chicago god bless you all 